3: Scott Seidenberg on v the Sports Betting Network. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on v the Sports Betting Network. You always hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We got a series in Miami, in Philadelphia, and in Phoenix, Dallas. Both series are tied at two games apiece, dallas holding serve at home as does Miami as the home teams continue to just dominate right now in the NBA playoffs in fact uh here's the numbers right now NBA favorites um 11 and 3 straight up this round but only 9 and 5 against the spread home teams this round 12 and 2 both straight up and ATS. That is interesting. The home teams seem to be where everybody is heading right now. What's what's been going on? Um, that's just wild. Twelve and two, both straight up and against the spread, are the home teams. And now you look at the games coming up here on Monday. You got the Warriors at home laying 10 against the Grizzlies. The Bucks at home laying one against the Celtics. Without John Morant, keep in mind, the Grizzlies now playoffs uh, this season, you know, Whatever it is, the playoffs are obviously different than um, regular season. But this season, the Memphis Grizzlies, 20 and 5 without John ja Morant. 20 and 5 without John ja Morant this season. 10 point dogs here. Could Jod ja, uh, play? Maybe. I mean, we've seen uh, the NBA teams, right, deal with the uh, the injury stuff and kind of wait until the last minute and then go beyond that deadline and then finally rule a guy eligible to play and then they just pay the $50,000 fine, right? We saw it with uh, the, the, the Heat did it with Devin Booker. The Sixers did it with Joel Embiid. And now John Morant, who is likely out for game four, maybe we find out. An hour and a half before the game that John Morant is going to play with the knee injury. And they'll just pay a fine and we'll see the adjustment in the line that is leading up to it. But right now, it's looking like John Morant not playing is worth three points to the line. Because the Warriors were seven-point favorites. In game three, and now the Warriors are ten point favorites here in game four. Is three points enough for John Morant? Now, you could look at the um rating without John Morant, right? The Memphis Grizzlies' offensive and defensive ratings without John Morant. This season they had a offensive rating of 117.6 without John Morant. They had an offensive rating of 114.5 with John Morant. So their offensive rating actually went up by three points. Defensively with John Morant 112.3 and without John Morant, 104 flat. You, I know it's crazy to say, but you could make the argument. Now, I, I'm not, but maybe I am, but I'm not, but I kind of am, but maybe you can. Grizzlies are actually better without him. I'm just their defensive ratings better, their offensive ratings better. They're twenty and five without him. It's it's crazy to say that when you take one of the superstars of this league. Off the floor and off of your team. There's something about it. Maybe it, it opens up the floor for everybody else. You don't have one player kind of dominating the ball. And it's I don't know. I mean, you think about what happened in the the game that Memphis won, where John Morant scored all the, the all final 15 points. In the final four and a half minutes of that game. He was the only player to score. Now. What that means. Is that he was also. Not the only player. But if he was the only player to score. He more so than everybody else. Shot the ball. He wasn't the only player to shoot the ball. It could have been, I have to go back and watch. It could have been a couple of missed shots from other players, but he was involved in every possession. He scored their final 15 points. If he misses some of those shots down the stretch, Memphis doesn't win that game. Memphis won that game because John Morant scored. What do you have in that game? That was the 47-point game. 47 points and made the final 15 points of the game. I'm going to look back now from the four-minute mark on uh, from that game as we see... Brandon Clark made a couple of free throws, and then here we go. Starting at 416, John Morant made a shot. We'll see. Another John Morant shot, so that's to see if anybody else shot the ball. Nope. John Morant. John Morant. John Morant. Oh, Zaire Williams shot a three-pointer with 51.5 seconds left. So that's somebody else. John with the free throws. John with the floater. Uh, Let's see. That's it. That's it. From 4:16 on, after Brandon Clark made two free throws at 4:45, let's even go higher than that. Grizzlies timeout. John Morant missed the shot. Here we go. From 5:38 on, it's a tie ball game. Okay. It is a tie game. 5:38 left. It's 89-89. Desmond Bain misses a three-foot jumper. From the 538 mark till the end of the game, John Morant took every shot for the Grizzlies except for one Zaire Williams three-point miss with 50 seconds left. And that was after John Morant missed a three-pointer and Zaire Williams got the offensive rebound. So if the, the Warriors got that rebound, No one else is shooting the basketball. Again, it's so hard to even fathom, you know, removing a player as talented as John Morant and saying that the team is better off. But it is very hard to argue with the numbers. And there could be something to just opening it up for everybody else. And not having one player dominate the ball. And one player dominate the shots. Because guess what? When that player scores 47 points, you win those games. Right? You win those games. But when that player has a cold shooting night, and that player does not make the bulk of his baskets, you lose that game. And if John Morant doesn't score 47, Warriors win that game. Think about it. If he scores 37, the Warriors win that game. If he scores 40, the Warriors win that game. If he scores 47, Grizzlies win. Then they get blown out in the next game, and now they're 10-point dogs but i would i would make the argument that a three point adjustment for no john morant okay perhaps the grizzlies plus the 10 put up a better fight because of how good they have been this season 20 and 5 without john morant better defensive rating better offensive rating without Ja Morant this season. Perhaps they put up a better fight as 10-point dogs without Ja. But we will monitor his injury situation because, like I said, these things change, and the Grizzlies could change their mind, and we find out that Ja is going to play after all, and then they pay a fine because they went past the deadline to announce a player being in or out, which has happened twice so far in these NBA playoffs. We'll continue the NBA playoff conversation. Coming up next, Danielle Alvari, our very own here, uh, host the Los Angeles City Cast for us, presented by Bet Rivers. Uh, we'll get her thoughts on what she has witnessed here so far in the NBA playoffs. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScotsOnAir. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for
2: free martha stewart the original influencer when i think about anything i think about the way that she did it first the media mogul but the six years ahead she saw what was coming the prisoner the rise the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max.
1: Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree.
3: Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. Back here on The Look Ahead, I'm Scott Seidenberg with you on Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. Joining us now is our very own Danielle Alvari, catcher hosting the Los Angeles Citycast presented by Bet Rivers for us at Vsin. And Danielle, let's start with the NBA playoffs. James Harden goes absolutely nuclear in what could be called his uh first Um, how do I say this uh, without dropping an expletive? His first give a darn game as a 76er so far this season. What did you make of that performance?
5: Well, it's nice of him to finally show up. I almost (laughs) forgot that he was on this team at this point. It took literally his teammate breaking his actual face and tearing his thumb for him to realize, oh, I should probably contribute here, at least on offense. But uh, he's very fortunate actually that Joel was out there, obviously, because with Joel Embiid, you're just going to draw defenders, even with a torn, whatever, ligament in your thumb and a broken face. And also my question is, how is that mask really helping with that? It must little be a little bit away from the face so that if there's contact, it absorbs it a little bit. But he's out there with an orbital fracture. I mean, the fact that he's even drawing defenders the way he is is hilarious. But it's really seemed to help out Harden, obviously. And it's nice to see him actually contribute something to this team because they need offense from somewhere besides Joel, especially because he is limping through the finish line of this series. Would you
3: expect the Miami Heat to bounce back when this series shifts to Miami for game five?
5: Mm, I think they're a little bit outmatched, unfortunately. The Heat are also not at 100% either. Kyle Lowry is not at 100%. Uh, Miami has the better coach. They have more playoff experience, so I like that. Bam out of bio. I was so hot on him, and he was hot the first two games, and then of course Joel comes in and makes his life a lot lot harder. He was averaging 23 and a half points on 71% shooting through the first two games, and then only scored nine points in game three. Still struggled in that game four. So I think that unfortunately. They're just, they're outmatched here. They are headed back. I do like to look at something like an over for Jimmy Butler points, rebounds, and assists. Uh, He was great tonight. He has to be great because again, he can't really rely on Tyler Hero right now. Kyle Lowry, these other players, even Bam is getting locked up by Joel. So something like that would be interesting to me more so than a side in this. He did go over his points, rebounds, and assists in game four. It was around 34 and a half. um, And he's averaging 40 points, rebounds, and assists through playoffs so far. So that's where I'd like to look here. It seems like it's pretty much jimmy butler versus the sixers at this point so i do think the sixers are going to take this
3: yeah it's crazy uh and you could have gotten a great number on them to win the eastern conference uh being down two games to none and now that number is not going to be available much longer uh it's not not available right now uh out west the mavericks have evened up their series with the suns Uh, how surprised are you that this is a 2-2 series
5: I'm a little surprised, but I was not quite as high on the Suns as everybody has been heading into these playoffs. It was like, well, the Suns are the team to beat in the West, so the East is the more interesting side, which, granted, we got to see Nets Celtics in the first round, so I get it. But at the same time, people were so, so high on the Suns as if they forgot that injuries can happen in the playoffs. I mean, hello, John Morant, most recently. Um, But yeah, so now the Suns are in this position, and it's not completely shocking to me necessarily. I know that we, again, we're talking about one player, like... Jimmy Butler having to take on the Sixers. We're talking about Luka Doncic having to take on um, a whole team here, and it's unfortunate, but they have realized that that was the Sun strategy was let's just let Luka run himself out and get really tired. And it worked for them for a little while. And then the Mavs realized, oh, other people have to score on this team for this to work. And their defense also stepped up a lot, took away their mid-range game completely um, and did a really good job of defending Devin Booker. And Chris Paul has looked really strange too on his birthday. Actually on Friday, he had trouble with turnovers and then this recent game trouble with out trouble. So the Suns need to figure out their offense again. And also they need to be making more three pointers because the Mavs out shooting the Suns from three is definitely not going to be a winning strategy for them.
3: You mentioned uh the injuries and that's situation that we have here. Memphis likely gonna be without John Morant. Although we've seen teams kind of fudge the injury report in this postseason, just pay a fifty thousand dollar fine, and we'll announce an hour before tip off that John Morant is going to play. So we are going to wait and see there. The the line moves by three points. Warriors go from seven-point favorites to ten-point favorites uh, in this game with anticipating no John Morant. But the numbers are there, Danielle. The offensive rating is better. The defensive rating is better. They're 20-5 and straight up this year. Is it crazy to say the Grizzlies are better off without John Morant?
5: Better off is insulting. And John ja Moran's dad is going to come for you for that one. But no, you're right. 20 and five in the regular season with John ja Morant, But that was not against the Warriors when the Warriors are at home and mm-hmm. with Steph Curry and with Clay and with Dre. Because if you look at the times that they played them this season, actually, those were not the combination of players that were in. The Warriors were injured a lot of this season. So we really don't have a good sample size of that. But you're right. They do seem to play well without him. And also there's that whole strategy of, well, when one of your best players goes down, maybe the team rallies and does this for jaw. So I do think there's an element of that here but again it seems like the warriors are just outmatching them in this situation and John ja Morant is the heart of this team right now. He's mm-hmm. been the most fun part of this team to watch in playoffs. So I don't want to lay 10 with the Warriors, but I do think that they'll be able to cover this. The one thing is Steven Adams will be back. He was back last game, but kind of when it was too late for him to make an impact and the Warriors out rebounded them by a lot. And they also scored way more points in the paint. So maybe Steven Adams can help offset that a little bit. But other than that, I think the Warriors are just a stronger team here. Will they finish it uh, quickly or will they drag this out to seven? I want to see seven games, especially if John Morant is playing in them.
3: Yeah, it's crazy. I was just going over it. You know, if he doesn't score 47 points, the, the, the Warriors win that game, and this is not 2-1, this is 3-0. Also, in that 47-point performance, we all know the stat that they gave out. He, made, he scored the Grizzlies' final 15 points in the last four minutes or so. I went back and looked at that fourth quarter. With a little under six minutes left, he took every single shot for the Grizzlies with the exception of a Zaire Williams three-pointer with 51 seconds left after John missed the three pointer and Williams got the rebound and then Williams shot a three pointer. So we're not just talking about a guy that is the 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 scorer, but he was the entire offense. No one else shot the ball in the, the final lifeblood. five and a half minutes.
5: Yeah.
3: And no, with, it's without it's, it's him absolutely I just, true. they can't they, they they're not going to be able to win this game.
5: No, I agree with you and Golden State 4 and 0 playing at home and dating back to that 2015 mm. title run that they won their championship 49 and 11 at home.
3: Yeesh. that is uh that that's some pretty big good numbers there. Uh Celtics Bucks, <laughs> do you like the zigzag here? You like the Celtics to bounce back after that uh, loss?
5: Do you what do you think of the zigzag there? I hate oh, hearing it's about nonsense, it, but I know but I know it's a kind of a thing. It's well,
3: I I say it in terms of I think in for some teams in certain spots It applies Um, in this series in particular, which I think is so close that it could very well go seven. I did not play game three because I was waiting to bet the team that lost game three in game four. That was my strategy with the Celtics Bucks. So with this series, I think it comes into play here with the Celtics winning this game.
5: Yeah, I completely agree with you. I do think that we'll see a zigzag here. Sorry, high demand over here. I do think that we'll see a zigzag here uh, in this setup, and especially because Jason Tatum has just not looked like himself that he looked like in that first round. Um, he's only averaging 20 points per game against the Bucs, and he only had 10 points in game three, so I think we're still waiting to see that breakthrough from him. Of course, you have to give it up for the Bucks defense, but we know the Bucks' one-week area is we'll let you shoot anything you want from the perimeter, and it seems <laughs> like the Celtics have not been able to take advantage of that enough. Now, they've been kind of relying on their defense. Like we've been seeing them do since January. And I do think that that's going to be because it's that good. Their defense is that good. Um, I do think they'll be able to get this done again. And the fact, honestly, that they're not getting points here. I mean, I'm seeing a pick I'm seeing bucks minus one here, but Boston is five and one ATS in their last six and they're nine and one ATS in their last 10 versus the bucks. So I know this is more of a pick style game, but like you said, I do think that we'll see the zag of that zig or whichever. Um, and I do also, more more importantly, I know that you've probably noticed this as well, as everyone has, very, very slow, slow series. And so lots and lots of unders happening here. And again, we're seeing 212, and I already bet under 212 on this. Mm. Bucks have allowed 100 points or less in five of their seven playoff games, and I think we're going to continue to see that style of play from these two teams. Um, and we know that game one and two also stayed well under, you know, 195. So I do like the under in this situation, Bucks are just beating them in the paint. And I think if the Celtics can tamper that down, then they'll be able to get the win.
3: WNBA season has begun looking at the futures market. Are the aces, the pick to win it all this year
5: are the aces. I you are just saying that cause you're in Las Vegas. Of course. I. Am. Uh, the aces are stellar. Actually they've come out of the gate. They've played two games so far. I'm actually going to check right now. They're playing the storm right now. I think this game just wrapping up and the stormer, uh, three and a half point dogs in this game. And I thought that that was generous to give the aces only like only have to cover three and a half points basically. Um, but that said the two games that we've seen of the aces so far have been incredible. Uh, they are living up to the hype and they have their new head coach, you Becky Hammond, the, of you course have the, the legend you have to love
3: the coach, best coach in the league.
5: But it's unfortunate because there's four or five teams and the 12 teams that are championship contenders, because mm. that's just the step forward that everybody took in the offseason this year, which is great to see the talents just growing. Uh, Aces plus 275 favorites
3: right now to win the WNBA title. Danielle, I appreciate the time and the conversation. We'll be listening to the City Cast. Thanks so much, Scott. There she is, Danielle Alvarez. Catch the Los Angeles City Cast presented by Bet Rivers on vsyn.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also catch Danielle filling in the various shows throughout the network. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N. AIR. This is the look ahead right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free to play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com/Heineken now to start your run at victory. Heineken, you're made better. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligible restrictions supplies. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Seidenberg, back here with you. This is the look ahead here on Veasan, the sports betting network. Wanted to take an early look here at the baseball board for um, Monday. Got a couple of makeup games early on. It's uh, Orioles and the Royals at 12.05 p.m. Eastern time. Tyler Wells and Carlos Hernandez. Uh, Total is seven and a half. We've seen um, the unders at Camden Yards come through a lot this season. Um, At home this season. Let's see. As the home team, the Baltimore Orioles are right now playing 10-4-1 to the under. Not the the best under team at home is the Arizona Diamondbacks. The second best under team at home is Washington right now. But eh, Baltimore, 10-4-1 is pretty good to the under at home. It's a combination between the ball you know, whatever you want to say about it. And the ballpark changes. Ryan Mountcastle hit a double in uh, off of Zach Greinke today that should have been a two-run home run. And it wasn't. It goes off the wall in left field. And keep in mind, they pushed the wall back. They raised the wall up. They made it very difficult to hit a home run there. So total is at 7.5. You know, this is an interesting spot because um, you had both of these teams play a double header here on Sunday. And so you go from a double header on Sunday to now a noon start time. These dudes are going to be tired. This is... This is an interesting spot for both of these teams. So you play a doubleheader on Sunday. Now, you got to be at the ballpark at like, I don't know, games at noon. You got to be at the ballpark, 9 a.m., 10 a.m., go through your process and get ready for the start. That's just a quick uh, turnaround here especially after playing the doubleheader, don't necessarily like this spot for, for both of these teams. And the under, it's also, it's getaway day. They're both getting out of town here. Orioles are heading to St. Louis, and the Royals are headed to Texas for Tuesday games. So this this could be an under spot here between both of these teams. It's at 7.5 right now, and that kind of might be the way that I'm looking at this uh, early morning start there in Baltimore. Uh, you also have an early start a one o'clock Eastern time start the Yankees and the Rangers from the Bronx this is also a makeup game um the Yankees will leave um let's see after this the Yankees will stay home so they're not going anywhere so kind of favor the Yankees not going anywhere Rangers meanwhile will leave the Bronx and where are they going next they will leave the Bronx. And they will head home to take on Kansas City. That's I just talked about that with the Royals. So, uh, Yankees right now, minus 210. Nestor Cortez against John Gray. It's hard not to like the Yankees in this spot. And it's hard not to like the Yankees early in the first five. Cortez is coming off of arguably his worst start. And when I say his worst start, he allowed two runs on four hits in four innings. But he did walk four batters. So that's something that we hadn't seen from him all season long. The entire month of April, he goes 20 and two-thirds innings. He only allows three earned runs on 15 hits while striking out 28. That's an elite month of May of uh April. But the first start in May does give up two runs in four innings. Still this it's it, it's this is the play here. John Gray in his uh last outing against Philly gave up three runs in three innings. Prior to that against Seattle gave up four runs in five innings and three runs in four innings to Toronto. It hasn't been a good start of the season for John Gray. You got the Yankees losing the second game of the doubleheader. It's an early start time. Rangers looking to get out of town. Yankees with the pitching advantage. I would say uh, this should be a Yankees first five play here with Nestor Cortez against John Gray. Dodgers will take on the Pirates, uh, Julio Urias against Jose Quintana. Dodgers are heavily favored -245 as LA comes off of the uh, sweep of the Chicago Cubs winning 7-1 on Sunday night baseball. Look at the offense for the for the for the Dodgers in their last um let's say 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 their last 8 games. The Dodgers have eclipsed over four and a half runs, seven of those eight games. There was a 3 1 game against the Giants. That's about it. But their scoring output 5 5 6 3, 9 7 6 7. So Dodgers offense doing what the Dodgers offense is capable of doing. Total here is seven and a half between Urias and Kitana. If the Dodgers are going to be posted at four and a half, it's hard not to really like this Dodgers offense to continue doing what they're doing. Although, do you hesitate a little bit, having seen them play on Sunday Night Baseball and now have to travel? Granted, it's only going from Chicago to Pittsburgh. It's not like they're going from L.A. to Pittsburgh. And it was, it's not like it's a day game. So the travel not as uh, terrible of a situation. But speaking of a terrible travel situation, let me go down uh, the scoreboard here and talk about what the Phillies are dealing with. Philadelphia plays a doubleheader against the Mets and then has to hop on a plane, and at least it's not as bad as the Orioles-Royals who played the doubleheader and then play a, you know, a noon game. But the Phillies play a doubleheader, and now have to hop on a flight and go cross-country to play against the Mariners in Seattle. That is not an ideal travel situation. It's Ranger Suarez against Chris Flexen. Seattle is a small favorite, and total is 7.5. I'd be looking to back the Mariners here. This is not an ideal travel situation for... um, for, for, for the for the Phillies. And uh, it might take them a day to wake up. So I, I think playing, playing on the Mariners and against the Phillies in some capacity, whether it's a Philly team total under, whether it's a Mariners first five, something like that could be the way to pick on this Phillies uh, team. Uh, Angels will send Noah Syndergaard to the hill against Jeffrey Spring against uh, Tampa. You got to like the Angels there. There's no line on that game just yet. Uh, Miami is a minus 125 favorite in Arizona against Diamondbacks. Eliezer Hernandez, who had a great start his last time out against Humberto Castellanos, a total of eight and a half in those games, but Arizona has been the best under team at home so far this season. Something to keep an eye on. Uh, Tigers minus 125 at home against the A's. The Reds at home against the Brewers. They just took two of three. From the Pirates over the weekend. The Brewers will send Brandon Woodruff to the Hill as a minus 180 favorite. Luis Castillo is making his season debut. And in his rehab starts, um, apparently has looked really good. In his third rehab start with AAA Louisville, he struck out seven In four and a third scoreless innings, he allowed three hits and two walks. Uh, You want to talk about a guy who's ready to come back? He's ready to come back. That's a game I'd be a little careful if you want to bet against the Reds just blindly here. Um, Then again, Castillo's not going to go deep, so if you're going to back the Reds, it's only got to be in the first five. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Coming up next, Ian McMillan will join me from BetSided. We'll continue the conversation. This is the Look Ahead here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh. <laughs>
1: Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.
2: Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner. The rise, the fall.
3: VSIN, the
0: Sports
3: Betting Network. The Vsin Spring Special is here for only $59 to get everything that Vsin has to offer for from now until the end of July. In the next few months, they're gonna be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at vsin.com Subscribers, you're gonna have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's Daily MLB Best Bets. Jonathan Von Tobel's going to have his Best Bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil will break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. And we'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage, not to mention continued Best Bets, premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, NASCAR, and more. If you want the full VCN experience, which features a Daily Best Bets email, every edition of Points for Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is $59 to be a subscriber through... July 31st. Sign up now at vcin.com slash spring. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead on v the sports betting network. Joining us now from BetSided, he is Ian McMillan. And Ian, uh, I just went through the board here for uh, Monday's baseball slate. And really the first game of the day just kind of like jumped out to me. Royals and Orioles are playing the makeup game of uh, over the weekend when it got rained out. This is a noon Eastern time first pitch after both teams just played a double header on Sunday. You combine that with the unders at Camden yards. Are we auto firing under seven and a half here?
4: Yeah, you might have to, you know, one thing that actually gives me a little bit of concern if you're going the under uh, Orioles offense has actually been surprisingly good the past few weeks dating back to April 25th, top 10 in the majors. Both in batting average and OPS, uh, so the under is the play. Obviously, kind of how with today's games went, but I'm in a spot where I'm and I don't. I I never thought I would have said this in 2022, but I like the Orioles as favorites in this one. Uh, only slight favorites, like I said, good offense dating back the past few weeks. Tyler Wells hasn't given up more than two earned runs. Uh, since his uh, season debut. So I kind of like the Orioles to, to get a little action kicked off tomorrow afternoon.
3: I don't hate that at all. I think, you know, I, I was look at the under just because of the situational spot here, but right. I do think that the Orioles could come through with the win. I've been impressed by the Orioles and look that, that wall in left field giveth and taketh. Uh, I thought Mountcastle should have had a two run shot off a of Granky earlier today. Wounds up being a double. So um, we've seen that wall, take away some home runs, and uh, make it very interesting there at Camden Yards. Is the reason why they're what ten and four or something to the under at home this season. Uh, another early game, Yankees and, and Rangers. Another makeup game. It's very hard for me to not look at the Yankees, especially in the first five here with Nestor Cortez against John Gray. What's your feel?
4: Well, I'd say one thing to keep in mind about this game uh, is that the Rangers are. Miles better against left-handed pitchers, so that actually gives me a little bit of concern because Nestor Cortez is a lefty. Rangers fifth in the majors in OPS against left-handed pitchers, 29th in OPS against righties. So night and day when the Rangers are going up against lefties, I've for for that reason, I actually like the full game over uh, uh, f- uh, f- for this game uh, at seven. Uh, obviously, you know, don't need to remind you what the Yankees' offense has been the best in the majors so far this season uh john gray hasn't been great 7.5 era and like i said rangers against lefties uh they can score some runs so i like the over in that game but uh yeah it's hard to bet against the yankees
3: and uh there's always that short porch with with which uh chris woodward was not happy about after glaber torres's walk off and, and i loved uh, aaron Boone's response when uh they asked him about the quote when chris woodward said it would be uh, it's not a home run in 99% of ballparks. And he's like, well, it can't be 99%. There's only 30 major league ballparks. So I loved, <laughs> I, I loved Aaron Boone's uh, response there to Chris Woodward. Um, the uh, The Brewers take on the Reds, and we know how bad the Reds have been this season. Now, they took two of three this weekend from the Pirates, something that I actually warned bettors against last week. I said, be very careful if you're just going to blindly fade the Reds because wins are coming um and it just makes sense right first of all it was a good spot for them this weekend but just in general let's say this team does have a major league worst 50 wins this year 48 wins this year that just means that they're gonna win 40 to 50 somewhat games for the rest of the season uh Luis Castillo makes his season debut could I interest you in backing the Reds here at in in some fashion against the Brewers
4: I don't think so. I know there was that trend that just fade Reds on the their opposing team's run line. Uh, I did not go with that trend when they played against the Pirates because I was like, listen, they're going to win at least one of these games here. Um, but I, I don't know if I can back the Reds in this spot. I mean, it's just it's, just, it's Milwaukee's bullpen kind of uh, has been once again one of the best uh, in the majors. I think sixth right now in bullpen ERA. Uh, if I were to bet on the Reds at all in any fashion, uh, it, to me, it, it kind of has to be a game uh, that they're playing against a team that doesn't have a good pulp in so they can get some some late runs. So uh, I'm staying off it. I haven't decided if I'm going to jump back on the fade, the Red Strain. I might just stay away from their games for the next couple series and see if we get some kind of positive regression from them for the next little bit. But uh, no, I, I don't think I'll be betting on them tomorrow. I think that game is probably just going to be a stay away for me.
3: What about the over? You know, the Reds are the best over team in Major League Baseball this season.
4: Yeah, I mean a big part of that is – and this is something I look at all the time: is bullpen ERA dead last, of bullpen ERA. So I, I don't know how much they're contributing to those overs with <laughs> in terms of them scoring runs, but they're certainly giving giving up a lot. So I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that if I were to bet on the game, I'd probably go over.
3: Yeah, uh, an interesting spot as I talked about the doubleheader that um, the Orioles and the Royals played. Uh, the Phillies are coming off a doubleheader here on Sunday against the Mets and have to travel cross country. To take on the Mariners in Seattle. Seattle just snapped their losing streak, might be feeling pretty confident with Chris Flexen on the Hill, although he hasn't had a good start to the season. He's much better at home. What do you think uh, about backing the Mariners here against the Phillies?
4: Yeah, I like it, especially them traveling cross country. I think what we saw early in the season from the Mariners, I think they were kind of, they got off to a hot start. People kind of, uh, they kind of got a little overhyped, and then there was kind of a snap back the other direction. I don't think they're as good as they were at the very start of the season. I don't think they've been, they're have been as bad as they have been the past couple weeks. I think they're somewhere in the middle. Uh, their bullpen is still in in the top half of the majors in bullpen ERA. The Phillies, one of the worst, uh, and with that travel over to the West Coast, I think they're going back to the, back the Mariners in that one, because like I said, I know they haven't been hot. They just kind of broke that losing streak, but they're a better team than what they've played these, these past few weeks, especially offensively.
3: White Sox take on the Guardians, Michael Kopech against Zach Plesac, and Chicago minus 180 favorites at home. Is it White Sox or stay away?
4: I think so. I mean, we are just talking about kind of a, a team that I think is better than what they played recently. I think the White Sox might be the best example of that. I I, I think they are the best team in their division, the AL Central. I think they're going to start showing it sooner rather than later. Uh, and that's why they're still kind of heavy favorites, despite being having a disappointing season so far so. Uh, I think I think it's going to be time to bet on the White Sox here the next few weeks.
3: Marlins, Diamondbacks, Elysia Hernandez on the hill. Uh, the total is eight and a half in this one. Miami minus 125. Arizona, the best under team in baseball at home this season. Um, any interest in the under eight and a half here with Hernandez on the mound?
4: Yeah, if you're a bet on the total, maybe the average. uh, It looks like Humberto Castellanos is getting a start for the Diamondbacks. I watched him play in person against the Mets a few weeks ago now at this point. Uh, This is a guy I want to fade. This is a guy I want to bet against. The Mets were getting contact on him all game. Uh, It was a windy day, so there wasn't too many balls that that went out. I don't like the Dimebacks. I believe right now they're dead last in batting average. I think as a team, they're batting below 200. Like, yeah, if you're going to go with the total, I mean, uh, with a team batting below 200, you have to go the under. I would not be taking the over. But I love the Marlins in that spot. Actually, one of my favorite bets of the day uh, as slight favorites in that one. I I don't think Castellanos is as good as kind of his ERA showed so far. So uh, I'll be back in the Marlins in that
3: one. Yeah, I like it as well. I'll take it with you. Uh, Giants and Rockies, Carlos Rodon, Austin Gomer. Uh, San Francisco heavily favored at minus two fifty. Is there any way that we can play on the Giants backing down here?
4: Yeah, I think. I mean, it's a low total. I'm seeing like six and a half. Yeah. I think you might want to go with the under with with that one. I mean, the, the Giants once again. I, I thought they're going to take a step back this year. Uh, I'd like to see their bullpen come around a little bit. There, that was kind of one of their biggest strengths last year. I think they had the best bullpen, if not best second best last year, around the middle of the pack this year, but. uh yeah uh, I, I think I'd be going for, uh, with the under uh, for that game.
3: What do you think about the um, Cubs and Dodgers both now coming off of Sunday Night Baseball? Is this a spot where like you you would typically like fading a team coming off of Sunday Night Baseball playing on Monday or or do you not take that into consideration?
4: No, I I don't take too much uh, consideration into that, especially, I mean, it looks like, I believe they're both playing in the evening tomorrow night. Yeah. So, um, no, not really, especially with baseball. I mean, these guys play almost every day anyways. They're used to it. So, no, I, I wouldn't put too much consideration of that. At this point, it's just like, if you're going to bet on a Dodgers game, just take the run line because yeah. they're catching those at such a high rate.
3: It's, yeah, it's like every single win is by more than yeah. uh, two runs. So, you might as well do that. Ian, I appreciate the time of the conversation. I will be on that Marlins game with you. I can tell you that much.
4: Let's go, Marlins. Thank you for having me on. Good luck with your bets. There
3: he is. Ian McMillan from Betside. does a great job. Great conversation there. Looking at the baseball board here for Monday. All right. We're going to write that down. Marlins minus 125. So that will be one of the plays here coming up for Monday. I'm Scott Satterberg. This is The Look Ahead here on v Yeah, it's going to be the biggest ever.
2: Hey, Derek, what's the guarantee? What's the guarantee?
0: Hey, Derek, what's the guarantee? Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today.
2: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80.